Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to the Men of Faith broadcast. Men of Faith is an outgrowth of Catholic Men's Fellowship of California. Our purpose is to encourage men to become daily followers of Christ. And our mission is to help men renew their minds and transform their hearts and lives for Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Let's get started. Everybody here looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land. Everybody looking for a revival. Lift up your voice and say, Man. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Men of Faith coming to you from the Tower of Hope at Christ Cathedral in Orange, California. Today, my guest is going to be Robert Gill, an old time friend who's been with us for Catholic Men's Fellowship for the past six years. I want to introduce Robert. Robert, thank you for being here. Hello, Gil. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to talking with you a little bit about my story. Yeah. Well, you know, let's uh, let's start with a little bit about yourself, your marriage, your children, and who you are. Yeah. Well, I'm your friend, but I've been doing ministry a lot of with you, but I've been doing ministry for maybe about 23 years. I married. I have six children. Six uh, children. Yeah. Good Catholic family. Yeah, so big Catholic family. Um, my wife uh, does ministry as well. She actually works at Sacred Heart Church in Covina. And I've just been um, doing whatever I can. You know, I, my first ministry is my family. But when I can and all my spare time, a lot of it is dedicated to doing something at church or, or something, you know, to serve our Lord. Right. You've been in ministry a long time. I know I know. when I first met you, you actually came to my home. You were part of that group that came to my home with the Bible study. Is that not right? On Saturdays, were you there a couple uh, times? Yeah, I went there a couple of times. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we moved over to St. Louis and we uh-huh. started our Catholic Men's Fellowship. And you, you've been part of the core group there for a long time. Yeah. I've, you know, it is definitely an anointed, an anointed ministry. God has blessed it. It's one of the different ministries that I do, but I really do love doing that. Well, I'm glad you're here today, and I want to invoke the Holy Spirit by uh, by praying to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth your Spirit, so that we shall be created, and thou shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by that same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to talk about a little bit about your faith journey. And here at Men of Faith, that's what we try to do. We try to bring men in and men like yourself who know that our faith is a journey. It's not just this one-time metanoia experience that we grow, that we grow over time and in our faith and love towards Jesus Christ and in what we do with our families. When did that happen to you? That happened to me, I would say probably when I was about 25 or 26, that's when I really started my conversion. I was pretty typical of a lot of uh, young men. 
I was blessed to be able to go to Catholic schools. My parents put me in Catholic schools, but being the very young man that I was at that time, or even a young boy, a lot of the things that I was taught went in one year and went out the other. Mm. Uh, I do believe that God was definitely strengthening my roots, uh, which came to play later on. But my mom is the one who was really active in church, and she was the one that was serving. Uh, so she really kind of set an example for my brothers and myself to going to church. And how many brothers and sisters did you have? I had three brothers. You had three brothers, so yeah. there's four boys. Correct, yeah. Wow, a lot like myself. I had my oldest brother, George, myself, which mm-hmm. I'm Gil already. And yeah. then uh, I had my brother, Jerry, and my brother, Gary. So yeah. you, you had four boys in your family, no girls. No girls. So it was there's a lot of um, testosterone in the house. Right. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, everybody fighting for those yeah. last two slices of bread and that last bowl of cereal and yeah. all that good stuff that boys do, right? You know, when I, when I reflect back on it, I did have good, had good parents. You know, my parents were very good. They did give us a lot, um, you know, but, you know, sometimes, you know, as a young man, you, you take that for granted. And, you do. You, know. you do. Mm-hmm. You know, my father was uh, a hard worker. My parents never really nurtured the faith after my baptism. I think we made our Holy Communion in our confirmation, but we went back to the church to do those sacraments, to have those sacraments instilled. And then we never really were encouraged to, we were Christmas and Easter Catholics, as I say. Mm-hmm. And so we never really prayed at home. We never really, uh, they never nurtured the faith within. So I had a little bit of a rough time. You know, mm-hmm. going through my, my younger years in elementary, and I never knew that I could reach out to a God, a father who loved me, mm-hmm. you know, someone who was always there, even though no one was around. Yeah. You know, you didn't have that. You you, mm-hmm. you had a mother. You, you went to mass. You went to church. You Yeah, my mom, you know, one of the things that I did, and it was, like I said, I reflect back and I see the blessings. When I was at about fourth grade or so... I became an altar server. Okay. They had a really good program back then. Uh, this was at the San Gabriel Mission. And they scheduled us to be an altar server on every mass. And it was a rotating schedule. So when I was pretty young, I would say somewhere around nine years old, I was walking to, to the church serving and then I'd walk home. And I did oh, that wow. for quite, I did that from about fourth grade through about ninth grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were you were really really familiar with the church and the sacraments and all yeah. that she had to offer. Yeah, that was that was a blessing. Like I said, when I look back, I realize that God was you know definitely strengthening my roots back then. Another thing too is when when you're a little kid sitting in mass, it could be really really boring. And for me, being an altar server made the mass kind of go by quicker, or got, it gave me something to do, participate in the mass. So I was, for a little kid who's not really understanding the Mass 100%, Right, it just made it a little bit easier. And I, I kind of had in my mind that Mass was an obligation. Uh, you know, I was taught that, but you got bored a lot in Mass as a kid. Right, yeah. yeah. You, you, were, you were there and you were constantly being told, hey, be quiet, pay attention. And I remember that when we did go to Mass, you know, that my mother would always want us to really be attentive to what was happening. Mm-hmm. even though we really didn't know what was happening. But yet God still works yeah, in his powerful way mm-hmm. by, by granting us the graces by his love and mercy. And that enkindles into your heart mm-hmm. for as long as you are connected to God. Yeah. So you had a little bit of a wayward life. You had a little bit of a wayward time when you got mm-hmm. older and you walked away. Did you walk away totally or were you still? I was pretty much, I pretty much walked away totally. And I think one of the challenges I had as a teenager being in Catholic school, there were quite a few teachers that weren't uh, really teaching the faith the way it should have been taught. And I think that watered down 
version of the faith not only had an effect on myself, but when I talked to a lot of my old classmates, when I ran into them, they they had a lot of issues with it too. It was a lot of, I guess you could say bad theology in a way. Mm. Um, they kind of doesn't really build your faith, but they're kind of being critical of the faith. And okay. I'm not saying that you don't bring up some of the, you know, uncomfortable things in our faith that you have to bring up, but this, there was just, it seemed like they were just kind of attacking the faith too much. And, and I, this was where your instructors, this, this, yeah, this okay. was in high school. So eventually you're thinking, well, why am I believing that then kind right. of deal? You know, if they're, if they're downplaying the story, they're, you know, they're saying there's no miracles in this part of the gospel or the Bible. Mm. Eventually you end up, you know, starting to disbelieve a little bit. Kind of like a little bit of a modernist theology. Yeah, that would be, that'd be a good way to describe it. Yeah. Right. A modernist theology and... You don't really think about it as a teenager, but it does kind of break down your faith a little bit. Right. So Jesus wh- didn't really walk on water. He actually had stones to walk across. Yeah. So then when, <laughs> exactly. So then what happens is, is when you start getting into that faith and transition stage where you right. start asking deeper questions, not being a Catholic because I was raised in the faith, but because I want to be a Catholic, you know, I just kind of walked away and for about a good, probably for about a good seven years, I had completely walked away from the faith, kind of looked into atheism a little bit, uh, never really went down that path. And my dad, I know... One of the good things that he had told me, he just kind of gave me some philosophical reasons to still believe in God and maybe not, you know, Christianity so much, uh, but he had stopped me from becoming a complete atheist just with a little bit of philosophy that he knew. So even your mm-hmm. father, he, he knew, even though he didn't encourage you as much as maybe your mother did, mm-hmm. but he knew what was right. He did. And, you know, he, he didn't go to church, but he... He believed in, you know, believed that Jesus was Lord and he, you know, read the Bible once in a while, believed in our Catholic faith, but he just didn't really practice it a lot, Mm. but he still did it enough to where I saw that example. And he helped me in those times when I was doubting to kind of help me deal with some of those doubts I had in my early twenties. So what brought you back? What what was the conversion part? Where did it actually happen? I think what, what happened is my wife, she had a conversion when, right around when we were planning our marriage. We mm. had gotten engaged. We were, we kind of did everything backwards. You know, we were living with each other. Then we right. bought a house. Then we, we decided to get married. We had a kid and, you know, so I was definitely living a, not a Catholic lifestyle right. by any means. You know, I, what happened is while we were getting, planning to get married, she had a conversion and hers, hers was a pretty strong conversion. I started to see that it was not just it started to be serious. In fact, I even used to tell her, you're a Jesus freak. <laughs> you're, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that was- Something's yeah. going on in your life. And yeah. I, okay. What happened here? God really took control of her life. She did. And, and I, even after that, I wasn't, still wasn't taking it serious. And then she said, we're not going to be intimate until we get married. You know, and then I'm thinking, whoa, 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 what's going on here? So then- And you already had a baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's really, <laughs> she's taking it really serious and- in my mind, you know, being a secular guy at the time, you're, you're kind of wondering, like, what's going on in her head? Well, it did challenge me to go into my faith. Another thing that challenged me is my wife is Catholic now, but her conversion was at an evangelical church. Oh, wow. So, you know, she was going to an evangelical church. And even after we got married for a little bit, she was going, she was not going to the Catholic church for Sunday, you know, for we would uh-huh. mass, but they would call it a Sunday service. And, but eventually she became Catholic, but... You know, as as with anything that's in that Protestant realm, she, you know, why are you, you know, worshiping saints or why do you have the sacraments? There was a lot of questions like that. Her father had given me a tape, you know, with a lot of anti-Catholic rhetoric. Oh, okay. And, you know, that when you're, 
when you don't know your faith that well, it could influence you a little bit. But one of the one of the thoughts I had in my mind is, well, you know what, the Catholic Church is two thousand years old. I'm sure there's got to be some answers for it somewhere. Right. So Anitra, yeah. was she was she Catholic or was she her, Protestant? She, she grew up in a in a divorced family, so her dad's family dad's side was evangelical. Oh, and they okay. were very. You know, they followed the faith a little bit more. And her mom, who was Catholic, went to mass, but didn't really teach the faith. So so that so her father's influence was a little bit heavier uh, when it came to our Christianity. So I'm looking at the scripture, you know, in Second Corinthians 517. And it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And Anitra had that moment mm-hmm. in her life. So, you know, I don't know how she was brought up, but she was brought up obviously with if her dad was an evangelical or a, a you know non denominational. Yeah, he actually had that love for God in his heart and shared that with his children. So she went back and found that rekindled that love, even though you were Catholic and you weren't living your faith. And isn't that amazing how God finds a way in our life? Because your story is similar to mine. You know, my wife and I, we we moved in together. We had our child. We had Evan. And, you know, we did things backward. We got married when he was four. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how old your daughter was when she, she got She was married. four, yeah. Oh, okay. She was about four years old. Yeah, Evan was, Evan was our ring bearer. You yeah. Know, he was in our wedding. But mm-hmm. it's nothing to be embarrassed about because it's a part of the conversion. Mm-hmm. Because eventually with us, we realized that, you know what, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Are we going to live our faith? But what happened was it wasn't my wife. My wife was solid in her Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Not so much the knowledge part, but one day what happened to me is I got up and I started going back to the non-denominational church mm-hmm. and I started searching and I started seeking and saying, oh my gosh, well, you know, God was calling me to a deeper relationship with him than I had had once again, because I had had that experience when I was 16 and walked away. And so all of a sudden here comes God, you know, saying, hey, come to me. Because my wife, even though when we had gotten married, you know, we we would go to church, we'd go to mass and she would still take me to mass, you know, with her mom and dad before we got married. And, you know, I would hear the creed, I would hear a lot of things and God would just pour graces into my heart, calling me. But I was confused. Mm -hmm. I was confused because it was all Catholic and I was going, wait a minute. You know, I know I was born and raised Catholic, and I, I, I know what I remember, the bells, the whistles, the you know, the sounds, mm-hmm. the altar, the cross, our Blessed Mother, everything that has to do with, you know, true Catholicism. But I re- renewed that faith in the Protestant way, you mm-hmm. know, making an acknowledgement and saying, I believe, you know, I'm born again, and here it is, here's this experience. So yeah. I, I get it. But then you turned around and said, you know, hey, wait, there's answers for all this. Yeah. And it took me a while to find the answers. And I always tell people, if you're looking for answers, you got to be patient because it could take years to get some of those answers. Because there's not always a lot of people who can explain the faith. At least back then when I was searching, I couldn't find anybody. Eventually, I had found um, Catholic answers and and they had... All the answers. Yeah. They had a lot. They had a lot lot of of good answers. You know, I had a lot of other deeper questions, too. 
but you know, at least once you start, once you get into that world where you're getting the answers, then you start finding all the other stuff that you were looking for. Right. You delve through the scriptures and yeah. start finding Catholic answers exactly in, in, uh-huh. in the scriptures, and and there's an answer for everything because church has been around for over two thousand years. Right. Mm-hmm. My name is Gil Alderetti, and you're listening to the Men of Faith Show, and we're recording here at the Tower of Hope, and we're here for you, that man out there who is searching and seeking a deeper relationship with. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we're coming to you from the Tower of Hope. And I, I just want to say you can find us at CatholicMen.org. That's CatholicMen.org. And find out more about us and see who we are. Today, I'm interviewing my brother, Robert Gill. And, and we're talking about our conversions and how we've come to a deeper relationship in Christ, our marriages, our children. There's so much more. As you started getting the answers to your questions about baptism, about being born again in our baptism, just reigniting that Holy Spirit in your life. Mm-hmm. So how did you start sharing with Anitra the Catholic faith and saying, hey, hon, this is real. This is true. We started just discussing, um, you know, different Bible scriptures and so forth. And it, that was a little bit longer a process. It wasn't like everything happened right away. I, was, I would say maybe about a year after we got married. Eventually, my wife came back to the Catholic faith. And in fact, I remember one thing when we got married, my wife didn't want to give flowers to the Blessed Virgin. <laughs> okay. But now she has a complete 100% devotion to our Blessed, to our Mother. Blessed Mother. Yeah, so it really, a really beautiful devotion. I almost feel like she's trying to make up for <laughs> some, some of the stuff <laughs> in the past. Time. But same thing with the Eucharist. She has a devotion to the Eucharist. And, right. and on another show, I could tell you some stories about that. But... Um, but, you know, my wife, you know, we started, we got married, we started volunteering for the youth ministry, and that's really where I had my, you know, conversion of the heart, I guess you could say. You know, it's funny, our walks are so much alike, and, and we don't realize it till you sit down and you have a real conversation with each other, because once my conversion happened, I turned around and, and I said, you know, I've got to start sharing with the youth. And so I did the same thing. I entered into the confirmation program mm-hmm. and, and started um, teaching, started mm-hmm. sharing, and started sharing on uh, about the love that God the Father has for us and for those teens that I was teaching. Because let's admit, you know, some families just aren't perfect, and mm-hmm. we know that, right? Yeah. And sometimes the lack of the relationship with your mother it's a stumbling block to the love that our blessed mother has to offer you and the lack of love or something that goes on with the family, with the father is a lack of it. it it's a hard, it hardens your heart towards the father of all mm-hmm. the father who loves us unconditionally. Yeah. So if we're able to share that with these teens that we encounter, you know, it just changes their whole life. I've noticed that. How about you? Yeah. And the thing is, is a lot of people, they're having that faith in transition in those teenage years. And now they're saying it's even younger than like 16, 17. The kids are starting to really choose to follow the faith when they're like 13, 14 years old. Right. But, you know, that's just shows the importance of, of youth ministry or even I would say even young, uh, junior high ministry. Well, that's what we call they call it middle school ministry now. Right. Yeah. My children, mm-hmm. my children, um, fortunately, because the way my wife and, and I decided to to have their spiritual growth. When they were going and and, and going to catechism, they started at a young age, and then they entered in for their Holy Communion. They never stopped. Mm -hmm. 
They never stopped. They went after eight years old to nine, 10, 11, 12, and then entered into confirmation. Because I think what happens to a lot of, a lot of children, right, before they enter into the high school years, those four or five years, the world can just suck them away. Mm-hmm. If mom and dad aren't really engaged in their faith, the world, their school friends, can suck them away. Mm-hmm. And just the influence out there is so powerful. They are, especially friends. And, you know, I, I remember when I, was a, when I was a teenager, I have a good memory. And I just remember your, your friends have such a huge influence. I've seen studies that show friends influence more than even parents, you know, in a lot of situations. But friends do have a big influence. That's why as parents, we just got to be really diligent, really teach them to love the faith. Um, also, maybe keeping track of who their friends are. If my kids had a friend that I didn't like, I tried to do my best to keep them away. Just as a parent, you know, doing that, that's not always 100% possible, but that's, you know, that's one of the things that I really try to focus on with my kids. You know, our, our children go through so much in, in school. And I think when you're engaged in the faith and you have a prayer, um, prayer life with our Lord and with Holy Mother Church and our Blessed Mother, and you're really connected and you ask for that wisdom, that wisdom, not from the world, but that wisdom from God. Mm-hmm. And God speaks to me very often through my prayer life, through the scriptures, through different devotions. And when I come into situations with my son, who's 28, my daughter, who's uh, just turned 22, and my nephew, who's 24, I'm able to give them answers, godly answers. And they may not always like that Mm -hmm. because they're saying, oh, dad, why does everything have to come from God? Because it's true. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he he, he has all the wisdom. And if he shares it with us and we share it with them and we have an open conversation about what's going on in life. We tend to open their hearts, even though they may seem like, oh, I don't want to hear it. They listen. Mm -hmm. They do listen. And that comes out in conversations later. And the thing is, too, the the secular world's giving them all the other answers that maybe we don't want. We're probably the only balance that they have to to look at it from a, you know, a godly perspective. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. We, you know, and when they watch us, you know, they may see, oh my gosh, my parent, my, you know, my dad, you know, my daughter comes home sometimes at at two in the morning and I'm getting up at two in the morning and she gets in around two 30 or so after work and she'll see me doing my prayers. And that's my time. You know, that's Mm -hmm. my time before work to do my prayers and to to really enkindle the love for God that I have and pray for my family and pray for my friends. Mm -hmm. And and I sit there and she'll come in and she'll see that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And I'm not doing it for her to see it. It's my my routine. Yeah. It's my prayer life. That's where I connect with God. The most is at two in the morning when it's dark outside. I light my candle. I put on, you know, mm-hmm. um, my adoration on YouTube and, and I pray and I open my heart. My 20, my 27 year old daughter who's married, has a kid. She told me something similar to that. She's, I had asked her, what is it that made you keep your faith? You're 27 now. You're, you're married. You're a committed Catholic. What is it in your life that made you stay Catholic? Cause a lot of kids, we you know, leave the faith. Right. Um, she said, it's not necessarily what you taught us as when you're a parent, it's what I caught you doing. She says, when I would catch you doing prayers at night or when I caught, you know, you would uh, make us go help to, you know, hand out presents to the poor on Christmas, you know, something that they right. do in the LA Archdiocese. It's when you were um, doing ministry, you know, it's the things that I caught you doing that made an impact on me when I, when I, as I was growing up. 
And that's true. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it was Pope John Paul II used to pass by his father's bedroom and would find him, see him on his knees doing mm-hmm. his prayers. And it was a routine. It was something that he did out of love for God. And those images stick with our children. Mm-hmm. You know, they stick with them and they they see that and, and they see that, wow, this is this has got to be real because why would my father take the time to do what he's doing and share with who he's sharing you're listening to Gil Alderetti, and this is the Men of Faith program on Spirit-Filled Radio, on spiritfilledmedia.org, spiritfilledmedia.org. And you're listening to Robert Gill and, and his faith journey and how God has impacted him so much that he just gives the light of God every time I see him. And I wanted to bring him in and do this uh, this radio show so that we can talk about how God has just transforms our lives as brothers. And, and we're, we're together with at Catholic Men's Fellowship of California. Robert is a core team leader at St. Louis de Marillac, and he does some ministry work for Sacred Heart Catholic Church in West Covina, along with his wife, with his wife Anitra, and, uh, and all his children, who you have some Kids right now, your daughter graduated from Steubenville, and you have two more right now out at Steubenville. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so my, you know, when my first daughter, when she was going into college, I wanted to make sure she was in a college that would nurture the faith. And there's a lot of, there's a few Catholic colleges out there that we had liked. I know like Ave Maria College in Florida was one. Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio was the other one. We had a lot of friends that we knew that had already went to Steubenville, so we figured out a way how to afford it and get her there. And it was just a huge blessing. When she was there, she did. She went on mission. She graduated there with her master's as well. And she met her husband there. You know, her oh, husband okay. went to the school. They, he, thank God, lived in California. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have a daughter in Ohio, right? Yeah, I know. I'd be worried that she'd be in the Midwest somewhere. But thank God he lives over here. And they got married. And then my, I have two kids in there right now. One's a sophomore and the other's a senior. So they're... They're growing in their faith. You know, it's your kids, you know, they're going to have the same challenges in life that everybody else has, but at least they're having their faith nurtured uh, in a positive way. I didn't want them to go to a a college where, you know, they were going to teach a value system that was contrary to God's yeah. love, mercy, and kindness. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I didn't realize your son was already a senior. Uh, no, he's a he's a sophomore. My he's da- a sophomore. I have another I have another daughter who's a senior. Your daughter's a senior. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I don't know why I put your son in mm-hmm. front of your daughter. Maybe just because he's so tall. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah <laughs> developed his burly voice now. So <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. So okay, you have a senior. So she'll be graduating this year. Yeah, I think she's well. gonna. Yeah, she should be graduating this year. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then who's next in line? I have a 16-year-old. She's at Bishop Beaumont High School. Okay. And she's. Pro- I'm probably going to send her to Steubenville. She's my really gifted one intellectually. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. So she's my goal is to get her to a good Catholic school. And then the others mm-hmm. fall in line with? Yeah. I have a, a 13-year-old uh, who's going to be 14 in a couple of weeks, and I have a 8-year-old. An 8-year-old. Yeah. That's your youngest boy. He's my youngest boy, and he's... He's a very non-compliant child. So, he's, <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, every kid has their, you know, challenges. You know, I've, you know, some of them are compliant, some of them are not. He's definitely will not do anything I tell him to do. It's been very challenging for us. But what I did is I really committed as a father to say, okay, I'm going to give all my free time to him. So I'm coaching a soccer team. I'm taking him to tutoring for school. Wherever, if I go to the store, if I'm working on the house, I make sure he's with me. And I'm just really trying to give 100% time to to him because he needs it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
He's that little strong-willed child. He's just a really strong-willed child. Super and his name? John Paul. John Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Named him after St. John Paul II. Wow, yeah. he's got the holiest name. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, we got it St. Gianna. We got it. We got Gianna okay. on one of them. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I just want to thank you, Robert, for being here today, and I want to thank you for uh, sharing with us your your faith walk and your faith journey. And you just impressed me so much, you know, when I see you and your wife and and your children, how you've raised them and uh, all the struggles that you've gone through, just like all of us have gone through in raising a family. And I just want to really thank you for being here today and sharing your faith journey. And once again, you're listening to the Men of Faith radio show on Spirit Filled Media on Spirit Filled Radio. And you can reach Catholic Men's Fellowship of California at catholicmen.org. Visit us, find a uh, a chapter near you as we're chapter-based, parish-based, and um, we have chapters all over. And come into a weekly meeting, a bi-weekly meeting, a monthly meeting, and see what we're all about and encourage your faith. How would you like to close us in prayer, Robert? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we... Praise you and adore you. We thank you for all the blessings you've given us. We thank you for the gift of family. We thank you for the gift of our Catholic faith. We pray for all of our Catholic men out there, Lord, and those men who are not uh, following our faith, but who definitely need to know that you love them, Lord. We pray that you just send messengers out there to talk to those men and let them know that they are loved. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And to you, the man who's listening today, we just uh, ask blessings upon you. And we ask that you grow into a deeper faith, because if you're listening right now, Jesus is calling you, uh, Holy Mother Church is calling you, and God the Father is calling you. God bless you, and have a great day. And we'll look forward to seeing you again on the Men of Faith podcast. Thank you. God bless. Bye. And that's a wrap for this edition of Men of Faith, a production of Spirit-Filled Media. If this program has been a blessing to you, don't hesitate to share it with a friend, family member, a neighbor, or coworker. If you'd like to find out more about Catholic Men's Fellowship, check out catholicmen.org. That's catholicmen.org. And if you'd like to support the ongoing efforts of this important ministry, then head over to spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. And click donate. Until next time, let's heed the words of St. John Paul II. No man can afford to remain idle. Going forward, we are men of faith. Everybody here looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land. Everybody looking for a revival. Lift up your voice and say, man. Lift up your voice and say, man. Everybody here looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land. It's the feeling you get when you see a familiar face in a crowd of strangers. It's the way the embrace of a loved one feels after a hard day. That feeling is comfort. And it's what we provide to families who turn to O'Connor Mortuary in their moment of need. More than just providing quality funeral service, we provide the necessary guidance and support to help Catholic families and people of all faiths and cultures process grief and heal their hearts. We are here to help every step of the way. For compassionate comforts in a time of loss, call O'Connor Mortuary in Laguna Hills. You can reach us at 949 581 
949-581-4300. That's 949-581-4300. O'Connor Mortuary is a sponsor partner of Spirit-Filled Radio. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.